0: Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. This season here at Life Change. We're pumped you're here. So it is December. Thanksgiving is over. And for us, that means that's officially Christmas. And I know for me, I'm the type of person that like, you have to wait till Thanksgiving and then the Christmas tree can go up. How many of you are like that you have to wait to Thanksgiving before you can put a Christmas tree up, all right? Now, how many of you break rules and you're a little crazy and you love Christmas so much that you actually put Christmas stuff up before Thanksgiving, right? All right, everybody look at them in shame. No, I'm just joking. Don't do that. Now, how many of you are thinking like Christmas, what? Like, is it seriously December already? What, What lights? What Christmas tree, right? All right, we got a few of those. But the truth is, it's Christmas season, and I'm excited. And as you can tell, at Christmas at Life Change, we do it up. So we've got some trees, we've got some decorations here. And then we do actually have a special tree as you walked in. If you didn't notice, it's the very first tree right there when you you walk in the entryway. And what that is, that's our adopt-a-family tree. So I'll just tell you this, this is our opportunity to give back and uh, to really uh, sponsor a family this Christmas season and buy them some gifts. And what we have is we have cards on there. That you could pull a card and then you can go out there and buy what's on that card and then bring it back. And you're going to bring it back by December 16th so that we can get it to those families. Now, hear me when I say this. Take a card. We want everybody to take a card. Take more cards if you want. But if you take a card, you have to bring it back by December 16th. Because if you don't, you are basically hating on a child. We're just going to say that, right? If you don't bring it back by December 16th, and if you don't bring the gift and the card back, some child will cry on Christmas morning because of you. I need mean, no pressure, but let's just say that again. December 16th is when you need to bring the gift with the card back. So we're bringing the card and the gift back by December 16th, or child cries. So make sure you grab that, and was just a great way to give back. And again, we are celebrating Christmas. Tonight we have our Christmas Connect Hangout. As you saw, at 6 p.m., we're going to be watching a movie, and right before that at 5.30, we want to celebrate all those that serve. It, makes, it takes an incredible amount of people to make a Sunday morning go, and we know a bunch of you are on our team and have helped make this happen, and we just want to celebrate you. So come at 5.30. We have a gift for you, and then at 6 o'clock, we will start our Christmas Connect hangout where we're going to watch a family movie together and we'll all be in here watching The Star. And we're actually jumping into our sermon series as well, which is entitled The Star. And really what it's about, it's about a journey that we're going on to really seek and find out who Jesus is. Really this journey of expectation. And really what this is, is we start December. The four weeks leading up to Christmas is a season known as Advent, And some of you guys have probably heard that term before, and some of you guys are probably thinking like, dude, that sounds like a super churchy word. And you're right, it is. And the truth is, there's really nothing that, there's not too much spiritual about that word in itself. In fact, if you would go to the Bible and search it, you wouldn't find it because it's really not a biblical word. But what it is, it's a a Latin word, meaning the coming, meaning the coming of Christ, right? It's a a Latin word just really describing this, this season leading up to the coming of Christ. So this is what we're doing. As, this, as a church and as this season begins, we're going to celebrate this time where we're looking forward to the coming of Christ, where we're looking forward to celebrate the coming of the fact that Jesus was sent to earth for each and every one of us. He was born as a man to live a perfect life. So that's what we're going to do, right? The coming of the Messiah, the coming of the Savior of the world. And this is what this season is all about. And it's like an exciting season, right? It's like an exciting season to celebrate and to prepare our hearts, So over the next few weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to explore the gifts of Jesus and what he brought when he came to this earth. We're going to look at how he brought everlasting hope, how he brought brought love, how he brought joy, and how he brought peace. What we're going to do is we're going to take this journey and we're going to follow the star, which really Jesus is the ultimate star, which we're going to talk about. But if you think about it, what do stars do, right? So as we go into this and as we think about the star, stars give off light. For us, we live kind of out in the country, we live just kind of outside the city limits, so there's actually no street lights whatsoever where we live. So on Thursday nights is when we take our, our trash out, take the trash to the street, trash is picked up Friday mornings. So like anybody, we do this last thing Thursday evening before we go to sleep, and it's actually one of my favorite times because it's a time for me to go out there, and I usually look up and it's a clear night, the stars just light up the sky. In fact, they light up the sky so much that you can actually even see because of them. Like, I don't have to worry, I don't have to wander through the dark, because the stars are lighting up everything. And that's what stars do. Stars light up the darkness. And really, this is what Christmas is all about. The truth is, I think a lot of us, we live in some darkness, and this is why Christmas is so exciting, because there's a star that God gave us to light up our world, and we're called to follow this star. I think a lot of times we go through seasons of life where that can be that can be discouraging, right? That can be confusing. But Christmas is a reminder of that that we don't have to live in that darkness. Christmas is a reminder of the fact that God gave his son to us to shine in that, di- that darkness. God gave his son to us to, to guide us to a true hope, true love, true joy, and true peace is. And again, he did it through Jesus, who is the light of the world. In fact, if you would go with me to John chapter 8, verses 12. This is really our our Bible passage of Scripture that I want you to, to remember, we're going to say this throughout this series, but it shows who Jesus is. It shows the importance of, of Christmas and how important it is because it speaks to who Jesus truly is. So if you have your Bibles, go there with me. If you don't have a Bible, we always challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app. But in this passage of Scripture in John eight twelve, Jesus is talking about who he is and he says this. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. Jesus is the light of the world, right? He's the ultimate star. He's the guide for every moment of our lives, right? He's the star of the world, right? He's the light of the world. And when we follow him, we never have to walk in darkness. But we have the light of life. This is the Christmas story. This is what the star is about, right? This is the star that, that's pointing us to the true star of the world. And if you look at the Christmas story, there's a star that the shepherds and the wise men, they followed and the the wise men actually showed up a little late. And the truth is, I think some of us, maybe that's where we are. We're we're in this journey. We're we're trying to find Jesus and maybe we're showing up a little late, but we're still on this journey. We're still on this journey for for hope, for love, for joy, for peace. We're still on this journey to try to get us out of our darkness. And we're following the star. And what we need to do is we need to follow the star of the world. We need to follow the light of the world. And we need to put our hope in Him. So here's my challenge for us today, and really my challenge for for this Christmas season. Instead of hoping for something, put your hope in someone. Put your hope in Jesus. This Christmas season, instead of hoping for something, put your hope in Jesus. Put your hope in the light of the world. Put your hope in the one true star that brights, that lightens up the darkness. Put your hope in the world. Paul said it this way in his letter to the Romans, In Romans 15, 13, he said, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Put your hope in Jesus because if we do, get this, we'll be overflowing with hope because God is the God of hope. And Jesus points to this every single way. Jesus draws us back to this. Jesus guides to this if we hope in him. If we hope in him. And this is incredible news. This is the gospel story. This is the good news. And this is the story of Christmas. And it's not only for the Romans, but it's for all of us. So again, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Instead of hoping for something, put your hope in someone. Put your hope in Jesus. This Christmas season, instead of hoping for something, put your hope in Jesus. What's crazy about Christmas is, though I think a lot of times we do, we put our hope in things. Right? We put our hope in something. We put our hope in and, and the idea of something. We put our hope in and, and a lot of these things. Right? thanks uh, To be honest with us, we put our hope in stuff. I mean, think about it. I think we gauge our Christmas of whether how much stuff we got or how much stuff we were able to give. So what we're doing is we're putting our hope in our finances, right? We think how much we spend on Christmas really determines how great this season will be because we're putting our hope in stuff. For some of us, we've already put our Christmas list or we have our kids and they have their Christmas list and it's this whole big thing. Like the, the hope is in the, in the next great thing, right? The hope is in the, the new Google Home. It's in the, the new iPhone. It's in the new whatever it is. And we put our hope in this thing and it's going to make our life better once we get it, right? Listen, I'll be honest. This is where I'm, I'm putting some hope in some stuff. For me, what I want for Christmas and my one thing on my Christmas list is a shark robot vacuum. Right? Now, I think that means that I'm probably old, but I put my hope in that. And spoiler alert, I already got it. What great thing about Kohl's is when you order it from them, they deliver it. They don't put it in another box. They actually just give it in the, the, the box that comes through there. So it said shark. I was the one first one home, saw it, picked it up, grabbed it out of the box and already used it. Right. So I got it. And then I, I told my wife, I said, Sarah, listen, you can wrap the box, but we're keeping this thing out. Right. Because my hope's in it. In fact, like I'm looking at it and my hope is in this item. I'm thinking, like, this is going to help my house become clean. I like, guess it's going to be great. But the truth is, I'm going to be a little let down by it because I still have two kids, right? I still have two kids. In fact, I said it last night when, and sometimes it runs over stuff because we have our kids leave things out. So I said it last night, like, while we were sleeping, I'm like, ah, this is a vacuum while I'm sleeping. This is the greatest thing ever. Wake up and it was stuck on one of the kids' toys, right? I was let down. But the truth is, this is what happens when we put our hope in things. And I think a lot of times we put our hope in stuff. We put our hope in our finances. We put our hope in our jobs. We're just hoping for that bonus, right? We're hoping for that bonus. And when it doesn't happen, we're let down and we're completely discouraged. We feel completely hopeless. I think we do this in Christmas season, and a lot of times it, it leaves us let down. And a lot of times we even put our hope in people and people other than Jesus. Christmas season is a time where we spend time with family. And for some of us, we're thinking, like, this is going to be the greatest Christmas because I'm going to spend it with my family. And you're delusional. <laughs> because let me just let you in on a secret your family's dysfunctional. My family is filled with dysfunction, right? Each and every family, <laughs> each and every family has that. And when we think that they're going to fulfill everything that we need out of them, they're going to let us down. And I think a lot of times we do this. We put our hope in people. Even with our family, we do that. Even with our spouses, right? I think a lot of times we put our hope in our spouse. Listen, we might even, even when we get married, we think we're gonna have this great idea. This is why they call the honeymoon phase, right? We have this great idea that our spouse is gonna meet every standard that we would ever expect. I got permission from my wife to, for, to share this next story, but the truth is there's sometimes we get let down. See, here's what I learned when I put my hope in my spouse. I learned that the greatest distance in all the earth that that can't be traveled is the distance from the countertop to the dishwasher. Like, for some reason, there's, you just, people, it's it's impossible for my family to do that, right? And then, which I was quickly let known that the greatest distance isn't that. My wife told me the greatest distance is actually next to my bed from next to the clothes hamper, right? (laughs) The truth is, we get let down. When we put our hope in someone, we get let down. And this is true all across the board. Listen, this is true as far as even putting your hope in spiritual leadership. And I'll just say this. As your pastor, and I say, it's, an it's an incredible honor, but if you put your hope in me, I'm going to let you down. right? If you put your hope in spiritual leadership and think that they're going to live to certain standards, they're going to let you down. right? We're going to let you down every single time because when we put our hope in man and not God, when we put our hope in man above God, we're going to be disappointed every time. And it's going to leave us hopeless. It's going to leave us hopeless. And I think a lot of times we do this. This Christmas season even brings this out even more in us because we're all wrapped around stuff. We're all wrapped around this idea of people and what's going on. In fact, I looked and like this last Tuesday, statistically, it was known as the the loneliest day of the year. Think about that. This past Tuesday was known as the loneliest day of the year. This is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving where everybody should be happy. Before Turkey, we have just went over everything that we are grateful through. And it's the transition moving right into Advent, moving to the expectation and to the celebration of who Jesus is and the fact that he came to earth. But it's known as the loneliest day of the year. Because I think a lot of times we put our hope in the wrong thing. And because of what we're left hopeless. We put our hope even in the idea of the wrong thing. In fact, if you look at it, if you look at it, this is what happened in the in the history of the Bible. Have the Jewish people, and a lot of them, they missed Jesus because they put their hope in the idea of who Jesus was and not who he truly was. In fact, if you look at it, the prophecies of Jesus, they were foretold 714 years before his birth. 714 years, people were talking about this. People were getting excited about this. They're saying that the King is coming. The Messiah, the Savior of the world is coming. So for 714 years, people were putting their hope in in Jesus. But it wasn't really Jesus. It was in the idea of who Jesus was. And because of it, they missed. They missed out on him. See, Jesus didn't arrive like they thought he would. He didn't arrive like a king, right? He didn't arrive like the idea that they had put their hope in. See, being born in a manger was not their idea of a grand entrance for the Messiah. Being born in a manger was not their idea of a grand entrance for the King of the world. And a crucifixion was not their idea of a Messiah achieving ultimate victory. So, what happened is many people missed them. And for us, ourselves, I think we put ourselves in the same situation where we go through putting our hope in something else, putting our hope even in the idea of Christ, and we miss him. In fact, there's this. Brief story in Acts chapter 5 where we see what happens when this happens, when we put our hope in the idea of something. It's a story about this guy named Theodos and how he falsely claimed to be a prophet and even the Messiah and how there were some people that put their hope into him and what happened was when they put their hope in him, it came to nothing. Acts 5.36 says this. says, Some time ago, Theodos appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied around him. Then he was killed and all his followers were dispersed and it all Came to nothing. Some random passage of scripture in the Bible, but understand this. I think there's some powerful words right there in the end. When we put our hope in anything other than Jesus, when we put our hope in anything other than who Jesus truly is, it will all come to nothing. We'll end up being disappointed. We'll end up being hopeless. And if we're honest with ourselves, I think we felt this way before. I think we felt this way where we put our hope in something and it all came to nothing. So this Christmas I want to challenge you. Instead of hoping for something, put your hope in Jesus. Right? Instead of hoping for something, put your hope in someone. Put your hope in Jesus. And here's what I know. Jesus never disappoints. Jesus is who he says he is. He fulfills every promise. He fulfills every even prophecy. If you go back and look at it, each prophecy from 714 years, right? He fulfills every one of them because he's the ultimate. He's the ultimate fulfillment to that. He's the ultimate hope. And when we put our hope in him, we will never be let down and we'll never be put to shame as well. Again, Paul was writing to the Romans and he's talking about this hope of who Jesus is. And he says this in Romans 5.5. He says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Hope doesn't put us to shame. Hope in Jesus doesn't put us to shame because of God's love. God loved us so much that he gave his son for each and every one of us. He loved us so much that he gave his son to die on a cross for each and every one of us. And when we put our hope truly in who Jesus is, we'll never be put to shame. Paul says it over and over again. In fact, he says it again in Romans 10, 11. It says, the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Think about this. This is what happens when we put our hope in Jesus. We'll never be put to shame. I know for, for me, there's been times where I put my hope in something else. And what again, it's left me discouraged, but it's also left me really feeling shameful. It's left me feeling even embarrassed as well. In fact, just this past week, I was, uh, I was excited as we are starting this Christmas series. I had some ideas. I had this sweet sermon illustration where I was going to talk about the light. If you thought the sermon started off weird and flat, me talking about stars, I had this awesome idea that was going to work. I had to scratch it because I put my hope in some technology that didn't quite work. So, and we were going to have this set up, and we were going to turn the lights off, and it was going to be completely dark. I was going to make you feel really uncomfortable. It was going to be awkward, and I was going to let you feel that awkwardness, and I was going to flash, have a flashlight on, and you could see the light and how bright it would get. But to do that, we had to have all our lights turn off all at the same time, which means that there has to be some things rolling on here. So we have this really cool background here, but these lights are actually on a different system right now that, that aren't set up through the computer in the back yet. So we did some research. We were looking at some things, and I, I had this crazy idea to uh, to put some new lights back there that would shine up. And uh, DJ really wants me, so DJ was kind of part of this, and he was telling me that this isn't going to work. And uh, I'm like, dude, it'll totally work. All you gotta do is like, you can just reflect it. We can put mirrors back there, and I'm um, cheap, so we spent lights. So instead of mirrors, we did aluminum foil. and it was, <laughs> This is going down south anyways, and you're guys looking at it. So, but then we ordered these lights that were going to shine up, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, perfect. We got them Amazon Prime, so I ordered this Sunday night. Amazon Prime, they're supposed to be here in two days, Sunday, Monday. So Wednesday at the latest, right? You're looking at I'm like, Wednesday will be it. So I'm like, this is going to be sweet. I'll get this Wednesday. Thursday, I have my schedule looking at like, I can spend some time. I can do that. I can prove DJ wrong, put my hope in these lights. I'll be good to go. And then Amazon Prime let me down. I was putting my hope in them. Didn't get there Wednesday. Didn't get there Thursday. But it gets there Friday. And I always take Fridays off. And usually, if I don't take Fridays off, if I try to work, everything goes wrong on when I try to work on my day off. Like it's like God actually believes in the Sabbath day. It's crazy, scriptural truth, whatever. So it was Friday. The lights came in, and then they came in later. And so I'm like, all right, I'll wait. We'll have some family time. And so the kids went to bed around nine nine thirty. And then I come here with the lights. I'm going to try this. I've got this sweet. Aluminum foil up there. It's going to work. It's all going to go through the system. I was here till one o'clock. It looked terrible. The lights didn't work. And I had to call DJ and say it didn't work. It was that moment of shame, like that walk of shame, like that call of shame, like, dude, it didn't work. He's like, yeah, I told you so, man. Like, why would you even think it would work, right? It was embarrassing. I put my hope in this idea and I think a lot of times what we do is we put our hope in this idea. We put our hope in something and what it does is it leaves us feeling embarrassed. It leaves us with this walk of shame when Jesus is here the whole time saying put your hope in me because I will never, I will never let you down. Right? That's what Christmas is all about. It's about the truth that God sent his son for us to never let us out. That God sent his son to fulfill the promise that we all can receive, right? The hope and the light of the world. So I want to challenge you, instead of hoping for something, put your hope in someone and put your hope in Jesus. And to do this, what we have to do is we have to trust in God. We have to fully trust in God because hope is a byproduct of trust. Right? Hope happens because of the trust that we place in something or someone else. And if again, if you look at this, if you go back to what Paul says in Romans 15, 15 verse 13 it says, May God, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as what? As you trust in Him. So as we placed our hope in Jesus, what we have to do is we have to trust in God more and more. And as we trust in God, we will overflow with hope. As we trust in Him, we'll overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? To live out putting our hope in trust means that, so putting our hope in Jesus means that we trust fully in God. In fact, if you, if you look at the Christmas story, the very beginning part of it, this is exactly what Mary did as well. So we'll check this out here in Luke chapter one, verses 26 through 38. It says this, it says in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And then Mary was, Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So just a little background. This is kind of the start to the story. So it kind of tells you, and this is an important factor, that Mary's a virgin, right? This is kind of the setup to all of this. And then an angel comes to her and says, you're greatly favored. And listen, I don't care if you get a compliment from an angel, but when an angel verbally speaks to you and audibly speaks to you, it's a little scary, right? It's a little bit weird. So this is where Mary's at. She's like freaked out by all of this. And it was the start to this journey for her, the start to this journey that, that she was really going through. And she was a little troubled. And verse 30 continued on and says, But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Right? So that's a little bit better. It says, Do not be afraid. But again, verse 31 is where it gets a little crazy. It says, Do not be afraid. But then it says this, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And he will be great, and we call the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So Mary says, "How will this be?" Mary asked the angel, "Since I am a virgin, right?" So the angel comes and says, "Don't be afraid, but you're a virgin, and you're going to get pregnant, right?" It's a whole other thing, right? So here's Mary, and this is kind of crazy. And in her context, like this isn't good. And just so you know, this isn't good in any context necessarily. Right? If you're engaged to somebody and you you've never done it with them, right, or at all, we'll just throw that out there. We can edit that later. And then you go back to the person you're engaged with and say you're pregnant. It's not good, right? Let's just throw that out there. This is where Mary found herself. This is like a hopeless situation, right? This is a situation where she's thinking like, what is going on, right? At that moment, Joseph could leave her and just leave her to dry, and her whole reputation could be ruined. And this is typically what happened in this culture, right? This is all going on. So Mary's saying, what? Like, how is this supposed to happen? So then the angel continues and said this, as the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, was, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. And so the angel's trying to console her through this, but I love how Mary responded. Verse 38, this is how Mary responded. She says this, I am your Lord's servant, Mary answered, may your word be fulfilled, Then the angel left her. So Mary's got all this going on, right? This whole situation, this whole hopeless situation. Well, what does Mary do? At that moment, she decides to trust completely in God. She says, I am your servant, and may your word be fulfilled in me. This is an incredible amount of trust. And this trust, this trust led to hope. This trust led to the hope of the world. This trust led to the light of the world being born. Right, This trust led to the birth of Jesus. See, trust leads to hope. So in our lives, for us to put our hope in Jesus, we have to fully trust in God. And here's how we do this. I made a nice little acronym for trust. What we have to do to trust, we have to turn over everything to God. In our lives, we have to turn over everything to God. And if you look at Mary, this is what she did, right? She, she responded by saying, I am your servant. She responded by, by putting her hopes, by putting her dreams, by putting her aspirations, by putting all these things aside and saying, God, I'm, I'm your servant. Do with, do with me what you will, right? Again, here's Mary, right? She's, she's pregnant, and she's pregnant without, with, with, the, with the Holy Spirit's son, with God's son, right? She's pregnant without the son, not the son of, of her engaged person, right? Not the son of, of her fiancé. And Joseph could look at her and just kick her to the curb immediately. And Mary says, you know what? I want to trust God enough to, to take that risk to do that. Mary started with turning over everything to her. In our lives, we need to do the same. Think about it. Have we turned over everything to God? Right? Have we turned over our goals to Him? Have we turned over our, our, our own desires to Him? Have we turned over everything to Him and said, I I'm your servant. So as we go in this Christmas season, I want you to start. I want you to start by turning over everything to him. So for you, that may just mean some of your time, right? That may mean for you to that's a, that's a step up into to the next step of Life Change Church, which is maybe for you, maybe that's jumping on our serve team, right? Maybe for you, that's jumping and serving during our Christmas Eve services. Maybe for you, maybe that means some of your finances. Maybe that means to, to start giving on a regular basis or even to, to give above and beyond and, and taking a name tag on the, on the Christmas tree out there, you're turning over everything and trusting God completely. Whatever it is, I want to challenge you to do that. I want to challenge you to turn over everything to him and say, I am your servant. I am your servant. And then realize that his plan is perfect. See, so there's a little portion of this, this passage that we can kind of go over. And I think that it really helped Mary turn over everything to God because she realized that his plan is perfect. Because right before that, it says this. It says, for no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. And Mary rested upon that truth. Mary realized that truth. Mary realized that her plan, her plan wasn't to get pregnant, right? Her plan wasn't to get pregnant while she's not married. That wasn't her plan, but it was God's, and his plan is perfect. Do you realize that for your life? Do you realize that God's plan is perfect for your life, even if it doesn't feel like it? Right? You might be in a season right now where everything's just kind of falling. You may be in a season right now where, where, where things are just going crazy, and it doesn't feel perfect. But it, you know what? God still has a plan for you, and it's perfect in the end. It may not His plan may not be lined up with yours, but it's perfect. And we need to realize it. We need to realize that His plan is perfect, and then understand that you may not always understand. Understand that you may not always understand. Again, even as I read Mary's stories now, there's still some loose ends around it, right? There's some things that I fully don't understand. And Mary, if you look at it, she didn't fully understand it either, but she, came, she quickly came to the realization that it's okay. And the truth is we need to do the same with our life. There's some things that we just won't understand. There's some things that are going on in our lives that we just may not understand. As I look at my life, I, I look, and there's things that, that I've gone through. There's things in the past that I've gone through, and I look at them, and I'm like, why did that ever happen? And I don't have the answers yet. I, I don't have the answers. I don't understand it completely. There's things going on right now within my family. There's some health issues with some things going on. And I look at them, and I'm like, why is this happening? Like, why are some of these struggles going on right now? And I don't understand them, but I have to be okay with it. I hear stories from from many of you of things you're going through, and I know you're looking for answers, but there's times I don't have the answers. There's times where we're just not going to understand. So we have to understand that we're not always going to understand, and we have to understand, and we have to be okay with that as well. We have to realize that God is providing for us each and every way, each and every step, even though it doesn't feel like it, even though it feels uncomfortable, right? We have to understand that we may not always get it, because that leads to hope. So think about it. There's some things in your life that maybe you don't fully understand, but God's not saying that He wants you to understand. See, the thing is, God never called us to understand everything completely. He just called us to follow Him. And for some of us, maybe that's the step we need to take right now. So I want to challenge you with that. Challenge you to, to understand that you may not always understand and then to seek His will every step of the way. Again, if you look at Mary, she said this. She says, I'm the Lord's servant. And then she said this. May your word be fulfilled. His word is his will. In our lives, can we say that? In our lives, are we asking him for his word to be fulfilled in our life, for his will to be fulfilled? Are we seeking after it? When we seek after his will, what it is is a step towards trust, and it's a step towards hope. I think the greatest thing we can do, too, is to line up everything with his word and his word is scripture and his word is the bible i think the great the biggest question everybody asks is man what's god's will for me and here's what i challenge you to do i challenge you to line up whatever you're feeling to line it up with scripture if it lines up with scripture guess what it's probably his will for you if it doesn't line up with scripture then it's probably not his will and we have this amazing thing called google where we can actually like write something in and it can say what does bible say about this and it actually gives you answers back, and you can go and you can actually read the Scripture. It's incredible. I would challenge you to line things up with Scripture. Line things up with His Word. Line things up, and then make sure that you're seeking His will every step of the way. Right? Seek His will. And then finally, thank Him for everything. If you look at Mary, the angel came to her, told her all this news, told her this life-changing news, this really just kind of mind-shattering, earth-shattering news for where Mary was. But Mary trusted God through it all, and she trusted God by thanking Him completely. In fact, just a couple verses later, you see this incredible song of Mary, which is just a song of gratefulness. It's a song of praise. It's a song of thanksgiving to God. And in our lives, we need to thank God. We need to thank Him for everything we go through. We need to thank Him through even even the things that are hard. Because I think a lot of times we mistake it. I think a lot of times we think that God is here to serve us. But what it is, is we're here to serve Him. And He gives us opportunities. He gives us opportunities each and every step of the way, but we need to look back and we need to look at those opportunities and we need to thank Him for them even if they're tough, even if they're a struggle. Here's why I know the greatest results always come from the greatest struggles. So we need to thank them for the opportunity to do these things. This is what Mary did. In fact, Mary starts off this, this song in Luke one forty six and says this. It says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And then it continues on. In fact, I challenge you to go back and read this this week. But no matter where you are, can you say that? Can you say that my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God? I say That's fully thanking Him for everything. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to trust Him, to trust God and to place your hope in Jesus. And instead of just hoping for something, put your hope in Jesus and trust Him this Christmas. Turn over everything to Him. Turn over everything to God. Realize His plan is perfect. Understand you may not always understand. Then seek His will every step of the way and thank Him for everything. Trust in Him so that you can place your hope fully in Jesus. If you would, pull out your Connect card in the seat back in front of you. Maybe you're here today and Maybe you never fully trusted in God. Maybe you never placed your hope fully in Jesus and you never made a commitment to follow Him. Listen, if you're here, I want to give you that opportunity. And what you can do is you can simply checkmark the box that says, I want to make a commitment to follow Jesus. If that's you, checkmark the box that says, I want to make a commitment to follow Jesus. And then believe that God loves you so much that He gave His Son for you. And then trust fully in Him and place your hope in Him. If that's you, checkmark that box. Maybe here today, maybe God's speaking to you. Maybe you've made a commitment before, but God's speaking to you and asking you to do something. Maybe he's asking you to, to trust in him a little bit more, right? Maybe there's some things that you need to turn over to him. Maybe there's some things that, that you need to realize about his plan and how it's not your plan, but his plan is the perfect one. And maybe there's some things that, that you don't understand that you need to give over to him. Maybe there's some, some ways you need to seek his will. Maybe there's some things you just need to thank for. Whatever it is, write it down and then live it out. And there's also a place for prayer request as well. You would take this moment to fill this out again if you're a first time guest we ask that you fill this out completely and you could take it to the connect center right behind that wall and we have a gift for you in fact if you brought a guest we actually have a gift for the bringer as well but this is our way to if you've been here multiple times this is our way to track with you it's our way to track if you're here it's our way to to know what we could be praying for you about to know what you're going through and, and how we can be praying for you as well so if you would take this moment to fill this connect card out and any ties or offerings and then daryl will be up in just a moment to explain the next steps Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ let us know what God is asking of you and if you need prayer we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well we hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you have a great week